0: Hey, this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the God Life Culture Podcast.
1: Yes, welcome back to another episode. We're back for another week, another podcast. We're ready um, to get into some great conversations. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Some of you may be on your way to work, on your way to school, or on your way from work, on your way home, on your way to church. Wherever you're listening to us from, (laughs) we just want to thank you for listening to our podcast and being a part of everything that we're talking about today. This week, we're actually continuing a conversation Yes. that we started last week
0: yeah absolutely this is part two of you don't have to drown uh where we're speaking about depression anxiety and the role of the church with dealing with those situations so stay tuned listen on as we continue this conversation here we go yeah you know and, it, and it's 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 a very difficult and sensitive subject because of that uh, because it's, I think it's also, you know, I, I, was very discouraged and I was very, uh, blatantly upset with a lot of the comments. And I know you have the internet trolls and the people that just say stuff just to be reckless. Uh, but you know, uh, it, it's just the judging part. Like there, they shouldn't be any judging. You can't say, um, that you serve God and that you love God and that you're, li- you're walking this walk and you're not, you're not struggling with anything. That's impossible. You're not Jesus to say that you're not struggling with anything. And the fact that he was struggling with something and, you know, he took actions that, yeah, he should not have taken, absolutely, but you can't sit there and judge him and judge his character and slander him and speak upon him. And, you know, that's not what we're here for because you don't know who maybe one of your family members who's dealing with this uh, depression or anxiety or thoughts yeah. of suicide that you don't know about right. sees you commenting and being judgy towards this man who did this and now they're never going to come to you they're never going to open up to you they're never going to speak to you about it now you've been labeled as you're a judger You're a very negative thinker, and you have no empathy, and you don't know um, how to relate to people that may be going through things that you're not physically or yourself going through. You know, that's not what our role is as a church. That is not what our role is as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not here to judge. You can't judge someone just because you don't agree with the decisions that they went through. You feel sorry for them. If you can, you help them. But if not, you use that experience in hopes that you will get to someone before they make the same decision that he made.
1: Yeah, and just the fact that, you know, for that person, it may be depression. For you, it's something else. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, you know, d- depression is something that you see. It's evident, mm-hmm. you know, at times, as much as you may try to hide it, it's still there and it comes out, you know, in certain moments. And, um, you know, maybe your sin doesn't come out like that, or people can't notice it, or, you know, your sin is more reserved and, you know, in hiding. So it's always important to just you know, kind of be in that judgment-free zone when it comes to people because you really don't know their story. You don't know what they're going through, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a leader, whether it's your singer, a favorite artist, whoever it is, they are human at the end of the day. And I think that it's super important for, you know, especially within our churches to understand that the pastor, the leaders are human. You know, we are human. The people that you look up to, the people that you put on a pedestal they're still human, right? Which means they make mistakes. They have those flaws and they're subject to all of these things, you know, and we're not exempt from that. You know, just because you're Christian doesn't mean you're exempt from anxiety and exempt from, you know, all of these different things that the enemy, you know, uses to really detain people and, and, you know, keep people down. You know, another one of our, um, users on Instagram, uh, he's, Uh, said there's too much of a stigma and many misconceptions surrounding mental illness. That's compounded by the fact that pastors and leaders are almost expected to always be okay. Since we are closer to God in certain aspects, there is a very toxic subculture of self neglect disguised as humility Mm. and work among us ministers that needs to be addressed head on. And I love that. The idea that, you know, we neglect ourselves ministers pastors neglect ourselves in order to help someone else or in order to work or advance the kingdom as i put that in quotes you know we neglect ourselves in order to you know do what we have been called
0: to do and you know this is a very important thing you know a lot of times in our churches and in our culture we are um expected to walk by faith so you know You're dealing with something by faith, you're going to get out of it. So walk in confidence and walk like if nothing's going on or whatever, which, yes, in part is true. But there's also a flip side to that, which is that there comes time where you have to be transparent. You have to be honest. If you're going through something, if you're having a tough time, yes, we believe in a God that can bring us through it. Yes, we believe in a God that for nothing, nothing for him is impossible. We believe in a God that still does miracles in the year 2018. We believe in a God that's omnipotent, that nothing for him is difficult. But... There is power in transparency. There is power in being like, man, I'm going through something. And yes, I believe that God is going to help me. But I also, you know, I'm calling out because I need help from you as well. You know, something that bothers me to the core is when there is someone that's going through something and people realize it and don't do anything about it. You know, I had a situation like this recently where I noticed that uh, one of the young people in our church, you know, Wasn't coming as often, you know, when they did show up, they weren't as enthusiastic or they weren't their their regular self. Like, you know someone and you know what their personality is like and all that good stuff. And, you know, I went to one of the leaders and I was like, you know, is fulano de tar? You know, is everything okay with them? Like, do you you, is it just me or do you feel that, you know, there's a little something uh, not all that okay? And their response was, yeah, I've noticed And I'm like, and you didn't bother to say anything or do anything about it or whatever? You know, and those are things that bother me because I'm pretty sure maybe this leader prayed about it. Maybe they did. Absolutely. I'm not, you know, throwing them under the bus or anything like that. But there's certain things that take action. Like you noticed four months ago that someone was going through something and you haven't bothered to check in on them and ask them, hey, is everything okay? Like the simplest thing, I send them a text message. Send them a text message, hey, just checking in on you. I you know, I've noticed is everything okay, whatever, and start that conversation. Like it's that easy. Like, you know, there's certain people that they notice things that are going on in their churches or in their circle and their friends, and they're like, huh. Eh you know, it is what it is. And that is wrong. I feel like, like, I feel that that is something that God will hold you accountable for that. I, you know, I opened your eyes to see that someone had a need, that someone had a necessity and you ignored it like that, like that's messed up.
1: Yeah. And that goes, whether you're a leader or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yes. I mean, if you notice something and just kind of turn that blind eye, then definitely, I think there's a sense of accountability, you know, that God holds you to. And you know, the fact I think we also relate when we talk about depression and these things, a lot of times we focus on young people and youth. Yeah. And I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. a lot of cases within our churches are, you know, they you know are within the youth. But I feel like because, you know, that's the case and a lot of times you know like you said things aren't addressed or spoken about they grow up to be men and women yep and adults yeah that then deal with depression because nobody spoke to them about it when they were a teen or addressed it when they were a teen you know and i think a lot of times um we associate um people's isolated personality or we associate someone's um you know loneliness or shyness and timidity we associated with oh that's just the way they are yeah you know they're quiet oh you know how they are that's you know when in reality that's not who they are and who they were meant to be no you know those are side effects of you know things and deep issues and they grow up to be shy and timid and isolated and it's simply because of things like you know depression and anxiety and things that were not dealt with you know and a lot of times I, I do feel that the church gets a lot of blame and gets a lot of heat for things, you know, um, in the sense of, uh, you know, um, someone going and battling through depression and wants to turn around and kind of point the fingers at the church yeah, and which blame is the church God for not either, being yeah. there. You know, everything is balanced. And, you know, at the end of the day... Um, you know if it's a young person who's battling through these emotions you know and that person that young person has a family and has parents as well you know it's almost like okay parents did you speak to your child yeah did you you know um find out if everything's okay did you have these conversations you know um so i think it's it's also important that we have that balanced discussion and kind of balance it out where you know not every case of depression or anxiety in these things can be blamed because of the church or, you know, um, be the church's fault in a way. It's very important to just have that balanced, um, you know, idea and conversation when talking about these things, because there are certain things that we need to do ourselves. Absolutely, And, you know, that's one of the elements I think we need to talk about and address the fact that You know, you can have such a great core of people around you. You can have people that love you and care for you and tell you that they're there for you and tell you that, you know, everything's going to be okay. They take you out to eat, they give you dinner, they cook for you, they, you know, help you with the kids and whatever, and they're there for you. But at the end of the day, you have to do your part and you have to be willing, you know, and wanting to receive that help, wanting to receive that love, you know, and, it may be hard, yeah. and for those of you who are giving that love and being there for those people, and you just feel like, man, they're so ungrateful, <laughs> they're not you know, receiving it, they're not taking it well, man, keep on doing it, yeah. keep on showing them love, be patient. But if you're on the opposite side of that and you're the one that's being, you know, given this love and, you know, you're the one that's been, you know, um, in depression and you kind of have people around you that want to help you. It may feel annoying. It may feel like they're just being overbearing or just, uh, you know, they're not giving up on you, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're not giving up on you. They see something in you, you know, where they know, like, wait a minute, we can't let this person go down that path you know, so just throwing that out there, you know, whatever side you find yourself on, if you're that person, keep on encouraging, keep on being there. And if you're the one that's struggling in depression, man, receive the love and receive the the hugs, receive the gifts, the blessings, you know, because God uses people in order to reach us. And I think sometimes, you know, people who struggle with depression so many times want an answer from God. They want God's audible voice. They want to hear God come down and, Take them out of the depression and tell Physically. them, I am here for you. I love you. And although God can do that and has done that, yeah. God oftentimes will use people, the people yeah. around you, to give you that hug, Absolutely. to show you his love, to embrace you. And when we reject those things, it's almost like, are we rejecting God's God himself, way of yeah. loving
0: us? No, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I think it's something that we just have to keep in mind.
0: No, you know, and, you know, we speak a lot about the church and the church's responsibility because that's kind of the perspective that we want to speak about. And I think that it's also good where you bring up that it's, it's a balancing act. And I think with everything, it's a balancing act. You know, you can't always put the blame on the church. There are certain areas in which the church does drop the ball, but it's also up to you. Like, you can't just let... One thing be the reason why you're going to allow yourself to be in the same place over and over and over again. Like, you know, there's even certain processes which God allows for you to go through by yourself. And you're sitting there waiting for someone to throw you a lifesaver. But in reality, God is like, no, I need you to push through. I need you to push through on your I need you, you know, you tap into my strength and make it through to the other end. You know, and there's certain processes where God does allow it to happen that way. And then for the other processes where God is giving you those lifelines, like you said, it's important that you grab onto them. And a lot of the times they may not even come out the way they, they they may not show up the way that you're expecting them. You know, a lot of times we're expecting our best friend respecting our mom, respecting, you know, a youth pastor or, or, or a men's ministry leader or, or someone specifically. And it'll be somebody random. It'll be someone that maybe you hardly even spoke to in church. It'll be someone that you barely even, you know, know that extends a hand to you and checks in on you. It's like, hey, are you OK? Do you want to go with me to this place? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And, you know, and just simply be like, hey, you know, take take it, latch on to it, you know, try whatever you have to try to help you through the situation that you were going through. Because we all know that at the end of the day, the victory is there for you. 100% at the end of the day, it may be today, it may be tomorrow, it may be 20 years from now, it may be when you make it to heaven or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's a victory to be able to get there and be like, man, you know what? It was tough. It was hard. I cried. I bled. I I had to drag myself, but I made it.
1: Yeah, I find interesting that one of the things that Klein said in one of his messages was, you know, he wanted to put in perspective, you know, his, you know, this whole idea, and his church was in Southern California. Yeah. And he said that, you know, we live 20 minutes away from the happiest place on earth, which is Disneyland. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and he says, and our community is filled with the most unhappy people on the planet. We have to acknowledge our pain. I think it's so interesting that. You know, I think society and culture tries to push this idea that, you know, we're all okay, Mm. tries to push the idea that you're strong enough on your own, tries to push the idea that you can't, you know... Um, express weakness and I think you know as much as I mean I've been to Disney World and you know all of that I think as much as we love those things and you know we love certain movies or music that message of you know the happiest place on earth or the message of complete perfection the message of everything is okay there's no need you know for you to you know do the hard thing and do the hard work and put effort into certain things I think that message sometimes is very overwhelming the idea that you know You can do it on your own. You know, don't you don't need anyone around you, do you? You don't need anyone, you know, and it's a lie.
0: Yeah. You know, something that you said triggered the word machismo, which is something that's very prevalent in our Spanish culture. I'm pretty sure it's prevalent in other cultures as well, where men are not allowed To feel, uh, to express their feelings, or men are not allowed to say, "I am tired," or "I am feeling down," or "I'm going through this," or "I'm going through that," and a lot of times, that's you know, that's the issue where we put this pressure uh, on our men to have to always be strong, to always have a brave face, to, you know, never let anything, you know, make you feel down or never let anything, you know, make you feel uh, a certain type of way that we remove or we take away from them the ability to express when they are going through something, when they are feeling a certain type of way. And that, you know, that that's. You know, that's something that we have to begin to eliminate. You know, there's a saying that go, men don't cry. That is a lie. Men do cry. And there's nothing wrong with crying. Like, I am the biggest baby in church. Like, I'll be the person where they're in worship. I'm singing and crying all by myself or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that because sometimes you need that release. You need that that ability to, you know, just allow yourself to be in God's presence and be like, God, you know, and sometimes there are tears of joy. They're awesome. Like it's me, you know, being thankful for another day, being thankful for my family. And there's other times where it's about, you know, just a release that you're going through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's super important for us to... um be able to express ourselves before god i think that's another element that um sometimes we we can lack within the church the idea of god wants like the real you Mm -hmm. and a relationship with the real you and if the real you in that moment is a little kid like a little kid crying before him because you feel depressed and because you are going through these things then be that little kid you know before the presence of god One of my favorite verses is that verse, let us come boldly before the throne of grace. The idea that, you know, God himself tells you to go boldly before him, you know, to go before him with these issues. And, um, you know, prayer, like we said, you know, prayer, a lot of times that's the direct answer that we give these people, you know, we gotta pray, you gotta keep praying. And um, yes, that's the answer, but um, there's something, you know, super powerful when you come before God and it's not just like, you know, dear God, this, that, and the other thing, but when you like cry out to God, yeah, when you, you know, cry out to God, like there's no other person on earth that can save and help you, you know, that's something that God does not despise, mm-hmm. you know, and it's unfortunate, you know, I think about this pastor, I think about, you know, the family he left behind, his church, his congregation, and I mean, you know, I think you were playing, you know, a portion of his message earlier, yeah. just hearing his voice and just realizing that he is no longer here because of That because of depression and that depression leading to suicide. It's like, you know, you wonder how many other pastors and how many other leaders and people within our churches are struggling with the same thing and are not disclosing it or not, you know, putting it out there. And, you know, or just struggling, period. Like, you know,
0: it may not even be that, it'll be something completely different, but they feel like they're drowning. And because of the f- position that they're in and because of the uh, facade they have to put up, you know, they feel that they are unable to have that moment of honesty and transparency and reach out, whether it is to their church team or, you know, to people and be like, you know, I'm going through a tough situation at the moment. You yeah. know, that, that's, you know, it's quite unfortunate.
1: I mean 1 in 5 adults in the US experience mental illness, yep. 1 in 25 live with severe mental illness, 1 in 5 children ages 13 to 18 have or will have a serious mental illness and suicide is the third leading cause of death, you know, for youth 10 to 24. And 90% of those, you know, who died by suicide, it was because of some type of mental illness. You know, and I find it, you know, interesting that a lot of the ages they're very young you know people who struggle with it or have these mental illnesses and like we said earlier you know it's not addressed head-on from an early age it only gets
0: worse and then there's certain people that do uh um unfortunately i don't want to use the word acquire but they do um have those struggles later on in life and you know i think that a lot of times also because of that they're older they're more mature they're able to hide it so much more better. And those are harder to detect. You know, they they maybe know all of the um, loopholes and all the smoke screens they need to do to deflect the attention from them that they're going through something. That's why it's important that, you know, we are connected to our people that we're connected to the people in our church that we're connected to the people that are around us at least if if it's even in your fit like in your your diameter of where you sit in the church if that circle of people that always sits around you you're connected with them and you're, you're able to tell if they're going through something and you reach out to them. And if everybody did that, that'll make a huge difference. Like you don't have to physically, if you have 200 members in your church, be connected to all 200. If you are, awesome job. Like that's good, you know, time management and friendship management. But, you know, if everybody took the time to be connected to the people that are around them in their church, that would make a great difference.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the questions that Stoke Klein asked his church in one of his sermons, you know, was what do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? Mm. And, you know, his point in asking this question was kind of talking about, you know, how we all have a mess and, you know, there's something in our mess that God is trying to do. There's something in our situation that God, you know, is trying to, you know, work with. And it's important to recognize that, you know, he states in his message that there is that, um, there is a perfect that nobody is you know in other words you know we're not perfect yeah you know and the fact that um if there is such a thing as perfect you know then that means that we recognize god and subsequently recognize that we are not god so, you know, the writer of this article, which we just, you know, want to shout her out, Megan Briggs, you know, she wrote this article about this pastor, Pastor Andrew, you know, she says, in other words, our mess is a lens through which we discover God. Yep. You know, so we pose that question, you know, to you, our listeners, what do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? Yeah. You know, what do you think, you know? he thinks about, comes to his mind when he thinks about us, when he sees us, you know? And I think it's so important when we take, you know, times like this to really reflect and ask ourselves these questions, because I think most times we're not thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've read that question. I thought it was a really good question. You know, when God thinks about Miguel, when he sees my name, when he sees Eddie, when he thinks about you, you know, what does he see? What comes to mind? What images, you
0: know, come to mind? What does he what does he think, you know? Yeah, and I think that um, it's also important that when we have these moments of reflection that we take a 360 approach to it uh, because I, sometimes for certain people, their innate or initial reaction is uh, to focus on the negative. You know, oh, I'm a slacker, or oh, I should be doing more, or oh, I should be this, or I should be that. Like, okay, maybe those parts of it is true push beyond that. See yourself in three, you know, from a 360 perspective, from God's point of view and what He thinks about you. And I'm pretty sure that there are going to be a lot of things that you're going to surprise yourself and be like, Man, you know what is true? God does think A about me, He does think B about me, uh, C, D, all the way down to Z and numbers and stuff, yeah. or whatever. And you know, you use that as encouragement. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's good to point out the things that you need to work on, you know, and you bring those to the forefront. You're like, Yeah, I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna do a list, I'm gonna do a priority sheet, or whatever. Uh, but also focus on the good things that are going on with your life and the good things that you're doing as well
1: yeah i mean you know we spoke about it last week or uh two weeks ago lauren daigle's song you say yeah you know we have this perception of us we say this about us but what does god say you know we see ourselves in this depressed state we see ourselves in this loneliness we see ourselves in this mess how does god see us yeah you know You know we may be broken we may have all the pieces all over the place but what does god see when he sees us yeah you know the bible says
0: you're a royal priesthood you're more than a conqueror there's so many things that the bible tells us about how god sees us and those are the things that we need to hang on to in our moments of difficulty
1: yeah i mean so we just want to take this time to encourage anyone who may be feeling Depressed, feeling like they're at that verge of just losing it, feeling like, you know, no one understands them. You feel misunderstood. You feel lost. You feel without direction. Know that, you know, this is not the end. Yeah. Know that you don't have to drown. You don't have to stay stuck in that place where you may find yourself in. Reach out to someone. You know what I mean? Reach out to a friend, a parent, a family member, a teacher, a pastor, anyone, you know, whom you trust, you know, put yourself in Surround yourself with people that can help you, you know, and ultimately at the end of the day, know that God is the one that can, you know, uplift. God is the one who can heal. You know what I mean? And um, when you partner that with you know, seeking counseling or seeking therapy or speaking to someone about your issues, you know, there's only success. You know, anytime we put God into the picture and we put him first and we recognize that we can't do it without him, you know, we always have his blessing and his support in our lives.
0: You know, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening uh, to uh, this episode, this new episode of God Life Culture Season 2. You know, we just want to stress the fact that for everyone that is listening, you are not alone. Whatever it is that you may be going through, whatever situation, storm, you know, season that you're going through at this moment, know that you're not in this alone, that you have God by your side. You have people, people that don't maybe don't even that you don't even know are praying for you or interceding for you are there for you. So, you know, there, there are options out there that can help you through this um, and just, you know, in those when those moments of loneliness come and, you know, if you have to do some something physical, as Miguel was saying before, like, you know, go for a jog, you know, take a class or do something or whatever you do that. Or if you just need to surround yourself with people, do that as well.
1: Yeah. And again, you know, respond to our question. It'll be posted on our social media. What do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? We definitely want to hear your responses. And, um, you know, like always, you could follow us on Instagram at our page, God Life Culture. Um, we're on Facebook now as well. If you search God Life Culture Podcast, you'll find us on there with um, some content that we'll only post on Facebook and yep. not, you know, on our other social media pages. Um, you know, subscribe to our SoundCloud link if you're listening. You're on our SoundCloud page. Subscribe to us. You'll get notified. You know, sometimes we'll put an episode up a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, that's always good. And um, you could always send us an email at godlifeculture@gmail.com. We want to hear from. You you respond to you know um, our posts you can definitely send us a message on Instagram and we'll try our very best to respond back to you
0: guys yeah absolutely so thank you once again for tuning in it is our pleasure to be able uh, to share our thoughts with you and our words of encouragement Um, and you know tune in next week Uh, make sure that you tune in again to God Life Culture that's God God Life Culture Culture. until next time we'll see you bye